Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and we actually have a special guest joining us today on the show. We're very excited about this. You guys know that we love our Georgia Tennessee here on the Glory UGA podcast. And with the SEC conference play set to open this weekend in Athens for the fifth ranked Georgia women's tennis team, we are very excited to have the opportunity to welcome Georgia alum, Letterman, and rising star in the college tennis coaching profession, Georgia women's tennis associate head coach, Drake Bernstein. Coach, welcome to the Glory UGA podcast. Thanks for having me on. Always, uh, always happen to. Happy to listen to you guys. I'm happy to be able to uh, chat with you, Tyler. Well, we're very excited to have you on, Coach. And I want to start here, Coach. Obviously, with the dual match season well underway, Commerce Play, like I said, set to open at home Sunday, I think 1 o'clock, right, against Tennessee. Is that right? Yep, that's right. All right. So we're going to talk a lot about this year's team here in, in a few minutes. But I want to start here because I think it's difficult to talk about sports over the past year without discussing the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. So if you're looking at like this team going into last season, we're coming off the incredible 2019 run to the finals of the NCAA tournament and the core of the team's coming back with some serious unfinished business to take care of. Start off three known conference play. We're coming back home to take on heated rival Florida. And we just, we look poised just generally speaking to make another deep run into the tournament last year. But then of course we all know, the world gets shut down. So take us inside what it was like to kind of first get the news yourself that the season was canceled, and then also how difficult that was to kind of go through that with the with a team that had a legitimate national championship, at least legitimate championship aspirations. How was how difficult was that for them to hear? Yeah, it was super tough. Uh, I mean, I think that that when Jeff and I found out, it was we hard for us to believe at the time, and obviously looking back everything all the decisions that were made make total sense now but as you're as you're going through it it's all kind of new and it all happened so fast um and so i think that that was the tricky part is just the speed at which it happened but then having the conversation we 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 finished the practice brought the girls into the locker room and and had to have that tough conversation saying hey it's, it's uh getting shut down um and you're you're totally right we had built a lot of momentum we felt really good about where we were at last year uh, moving forward with that big match against florida um two days away um 
I think they were kind of similar to us. They, just, they were just, you know, surprised, shocked, uh, and didn't really seem like reality um, until, you know, the following week started unfolding. But, uh, you know, they, they were let down, but they stayed together throughout it all. They, you know, we, we continued talking as a team. Um, obviously, the pandemic affected everybody in different ways, um, and it still is today. But uh, we, you know, we knew that there were going to be brighter days ahead at some point, and uh, all we had to do was, was just look forward to those the best that we could, take every day as a gift, and uh, keep marching forward. Yeah, I know how tough it was for for all of us fans, whether whether it's tennis, football, baseball is going on that time. I know how tough it was for fans to kind of go through that and to not to have those sports just kind of disappear. But I think sometimes we lose sight, like, what about the players and the coaches who've put so much time and effort and energy into this? And then it's just have, kind of have that kind of rip from you. So I know that had to be tough. And I want to stick with the impact of the pandemic for just one more quick question. Because I'm not sure the average college sports fan understands exactly what all the players, coaches, and really just everyone else involved with all these programs, what you guys have gone through and continue to go through in order to just make these college seasons happen. So how has the pandemic impacted just the operations of the team this year? Like on a day-to-day basis, what's different this year than previous years? Yeah, well, obviously we've got regular testing. Um 72 hours before any match that we play. And, and, you know, we've got protocols, you know, the locker rooms shut down. We've got, you know, when we have meetings, we, we maintain distance. We try to go outside when we can. You know, it's, it's a lot of small things, but, but really one thing that I don't know gets enough attention is the teamwork required by all of these athletic departments across the country and the planning that comes in from them just to make every little thing happen. I mean, we, we think about our, our indoor seating uh, for matches, and while it's limited, um, we've been able to get a pass list, which means family members can come to the match. And, and you know, that, that's days of planning to try to figure out exactly how many seats we can squeeze while keeping it safe in here. Um, we're doing the same thing outside. It's, it's really just a department-wide group effort um, that, that – you know, it's the little things that, that we forgot that, how, how important they were to us. And now we, uh, you know, now it just takes a, a bit more effort to make all those things happen. When you used to maybe take one match for granted, now, now every day is a blessing. And so I think from that sense, our team's really latched on to, hey, if we get this day, let's make it a good one. If we get this day of practice, everybody's healthy, let's make it good. If we get this match, let's go out there and compete the way that we want to. Uh, And I think it's helped everybody grow in that sense. Oh, absolutely. I I can imagine. How anxious do you and Coach Wallace get when the testing comes up? Like when you're waiting for those results, is that like just a period of like insane anxiety for you guys? Well, it is and it is. Obviously, you don't want to. You don't want to have any positive tests. But but I tell you what, our girls have done just an incredible job. They've they make a statement with their actions that you know this tennis thing and this these academics are important. They don't want to have any breaks and they stay out of situations where you know they're putting them. They would be putting themselves at risk. They've made a lot of sacrifices. Um, not just with the work that they do on the court, but, but how they're living their lives around the clock and being mindful. So, I mean, 
the fact that we have the girls doing that helps that that anxiety a bit for sure. Yeah, and, and I hope that all fans just appreciate our, all the sacrifices, like you just mentioned, that all the athletes have have had to really go through this year. All the sacrifices they've had to make this year, because I mean, look, we, you and I both live in Athens, coach, and like, so we've seen like in parts of Athens, like it almost seems like with some of the costumes, like there is no pandemic, but with 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 athletes they have to be as strict as anyone so and i know that when you're a college student this making those kind of sacrifices it's really tough because you don't get those years back and you want to be a normal college student even though you're an athlete but having to kind of make those sacrifices i think that speaks volumes about who these young ladies are i think that's great yeah for right. sure for sure yeah you're totally right and I, coach i promise we'll get to this year's team in just a minute but first, I want to ask you about something that just personally, I've always kind of been fascinated by when it comes to college tennis, because in, in college sports, we all know recruiting is critical, Re- regardless of whatever sport we're talking about. You've got to go out and recruit the best talent out there. And from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, one of your responsibilities as, as associate head coach is kind of just taking the lead in recruiting. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So with tennis, what makes that kind of unique in terms of its recruiting compared to like football, baseball, basketball, what people might be more familiar with that listen to our show. You have so many international players that are involved in tennis, whatever level of tennis we're talking about, but especially college tennis as well. I think if I have it correct, more than half of the current Georgia women's tennis team is are from outside the United States. So how do you go about recruiting so many international players? Like, how does that work in terms of identifying the players and then just logistically recruiting them? How does all that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that that each of them have their own story, and they're especially when it comes to international recruiting. I would say recruiting in general, no matter no matter what the sport is, there's not like a uh, textbook of of how a recruiting process goes. But when you really start factoring in the international piece of it it's all different. You know, some of these girls we're able to see maybe play the U S open or, or a tournament called the orange bowl in South Florida, or I've gone to uh, junior Wimbledon before and watch some matches there. So, I mean, we're able to see some that way and, and others it's, it's tracking results and seeing, you know, Hey, she's playing this tournament this weekend in Turkey across the world. And how's she doing? And you get familiar with these names and, and we've got all kinds of ranking systems um, to kind of give us a, an idea of the level. But I think the, the piece that goes above all of that is whether we're, we're looking at a recruit from Athens, Georgia, or Athens, Greece, and, and Elena Christophe, we're, gonna, we're not going to sacrifice on the character side of things. We, we've got a great program. We've got a great place to be. Um, so, so we, we're going to get a great kid here that wants to play tennis, no matter where they're from, that's going to be the priority. Um, obviously I'm an in-state guy. I grew up in Georgia, uh, ended up playing here. So I'm a little bit partial to, to recruiting other kids from Georgia. Um, but at the end of the day, we're going to bring in the, uh, the girls that want to be a part of a team and the girls that want to work for the university of Georgia. That's fascinating. Do you enjoy the recruiting process? Oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, it's, it's, you're getting to share your love for the University of Georgia with other people who may have never even heard of it. Um, it obviously, most Americans have, some internationals have, um, but who doesn't like getting to talk about Georgia? I mean, what, what's so bad about that? 
I love it, Coach. I, I feel the, I would feel the exact same way. That's awesome. All yeah. right. Well, I want I want to move to talk about this specific 2021 Georgia women's tennis team. And I know you, Coach. You know we've talked about this a little bit. I'm excited about this team and how good they can be this season. I know as a coach, you you have to you I guess be a little bit more down to earth, and you're looking more at, at things that the team has to improve on, but. From the fans' perspective, I'm looking at this, and we returned five players from the team that made the run to the national title match back in 2019. So we have that veteran core back, plus we have some really talented freshmen and sophomores that we've kind of added to the mix over the past year or two. So how much does getting back to the NCAA tournament and making another deep run, kind of taking care of that unfinished business from 2019, how much does that drive this team? Um, I mean, I really think that – like we talked about a little bit with the pandemic has has helped in, in keeping things in perspective. And even when we had that, that awesome season in 2019, we, we got to keep our eyes on the short term and what we're doing today. And we can't get too far in front of today and, and the next match on our schedule, you know, Tennessee, because in a conference like the SEC, once you start thinking, too far down the road, uh, you know, somebody comes and punches you in the face. I think it's that way in any sport in the SEC. But, um, you know, obviously we, we know that we're a team that – and we've shown in the first month of the season, uh, we've shown that we're a team that has the ability to be there in the end. But we know that the way to get there is going to be about making every day count and, and doing this thing as a team, um, you know, and – Really, just staying focused on the process. As cliche as that sounds, that's uh, that's what we hammer. Yeah, it's real. I know it might. You're right. It might be cliche, but that's a very real thing. Just staying focused, day to day, task at hand. And I, I do want to, of course, ask you about a, a few specific players on the team. I, unfortunately, we don't have time to talk about every single player on the team. Maybe if you if we can get you back on later in the season, we can get to some more players. But uh, I, look, I love all of our players, and I root hard for each and every one of them. But I've also made it no secret on this podcast and on social media that junior Meg Kowalski is not only my favorite player on this team, but I think right now she's my favorite current Georgia athlete in any sport. Uh, I love her attitude and just her competitive spirit that she brings to each and every match. It's just so fun to watch. But this year on the court, she's made a big jump in singles this year. She, her first two years, she was dominating on court six singles. But she's moved all the way up, at least right now. She's moved up to court three and is still just rolling right along. A couple weeks back, uh, she beat the number six singles player in the country uh, in that match against number one North Carolina. She beat her in straight sets and is now 32-1, and one, I believe, in dual match singles play. So how has Meg been able to make that type of jump going from court six all the way up to court three this season? I mean, I think she's just a tough girl. I mean, she's just tough, and, and it goes a long way because she shows up. Obviously, she shows up every match that we play. She she loves Georgia. I mean, to me, that's the coolest thing about Meg is just how much she loves Georgia and does this not for herself but for her team and for her school. I mean, she plays with that G on her chest proudly, and I think that, that pushes her. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, if she were out in these – playing these, some of these same matches on the road, on her own. Um, they might be tougher, but when she's playing with that Georgia uniform on, she gets like this superpower. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, just, it's just who she is. She's going to be there every day. She's going to be there every match, uh, every practice. She's going to be there for her teammates. She's, she's, you know, the total package. 
She really is. And I love what you said about just how much she loves the G. And obviously, I don't know Meg. I've never met Meg. I'm just the fan who watches every match. Um, but you can just you can feel that love she has for Georgia because she's like even if you're sitting there watching court one and she's down on court six in years past, you can hear her cheering her team on, shouting, let's go, Georgia, let's go, dogs, all the way down the pit. So, I mean, this girl, absolutely, yeah. she, she's a cheerleader for her teammates. She, she seems like I'm mean, I, I don't know. her. She seems like a fantastic teammate, loves Georgia, fights so hard for every single point. She might not win every single match. She wins most of them. But like I've said, she even if she doesn't win the match, she is going to make you earn it if you're going to even get any For points. Sure. She's awesome. She's so much fun to watch. And, of course, uh, while I've got you here, I've got to ask you about Katarina Jokic, uh, who just became the first – I think this is right, Coach. Correct me if I'm wrong. The first women's tennis player in history to win three straight player of the week honors. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. First SEC player ever. Crazy. She's awesome. And, and and for my money, I, I'm an amateur tennis fan. I, I've learned to love it over the past couple of years, but I still am very much learning the sport. But for my money, what I've seen, she's the best team that's played in the country and has been for, as far as I'm concerned, about three years now. She won the ITA fall singles title back in 2019, was the runner-up that spring. Uh, and I'm convinced the only reason she didn't win the spring singles title is because she was just worn out from the deep run the team made. And then her and Lourdes Carlate also made a deep run in the doubles tournament. Uh, and she's rolling yet again, obviously, to start dual match play, winning three straight player of the week honors. She's currently ranked number 16, but I know the singles rankings, they haven't come out in a while. I think it's going to be a while when they come back out. And whenever they come back out, I think she's going to make a big jump there. But recently, she's beaten the players ranked number three, number 27, number 13, I think in her last three matches, I guess, before this week. So for our listeners who have maybe never seen her play, what is it that makes Katarina Jokic such a dominant player, really in singles and doubles? I mean, she's, again, she's just tough. She's competitive. Uh, she's, I've never seen somebody that plays the big point so well. I mean, it, it can look like things are, are starting to strain on her. And then every deuce point, you know, deciding point, match points that can swing a match, she's there and she just comes up with stuff over and over and over sometimes she lives on the edge a little bit but uh but she's just a, a gamer big points uh are her thing she lives for it she works she works and works and you know thing about her is is while i think i agree she's been one of the top college players if not the top player for the last couple of years she's getting better every day i mean she's hungry she's working uh she's definitely a, a special one yeah she's rolling right now and you're right. I mean, obviously, you know more than I would about it, but I, I totally agree with her just living for those big moments. Because I've said to my wife and anyone else watching with me at, at the McGill Tennis Complex, like there's no one I would rather have when it comes down to the wire, like in that clutch moment, there's no one I would rather have than Katarina Jokic. Like if we're down, it's, say it's tie 3-3, third set tie break. Cat's the one I want on the court, and I think she lives for that. And that's, I think that's why she just comes up for so big in those moments like that. She's uh, she's fun to watch. So how important? Like obviously, every point counts. Whether it's court one, court six, it doesn't matter. Every point counts. But how important is it to have a player like that on court one that you know can compete against the very best players in the country every single time out? No, it's huge, and it, and it's not just huge for that point. It's a boost for the team. I mean, the the team knows what they're going to get from cat and they know that it doesn't really matter who the other teams one is um 
she's going to be in the match, she's going to be in a battle, and she's got a pretty dang good chance. So I think it, it, having a player like that where the rest of the girls, uh, obviously the rest of the girls respect her and what she does, the way she carries herself on the court, the way she, she practices, I think it brings a big boost to the team. But, I mean, really, I got to, you know, talking about her and Meg for a second and the other girls on the team, like you said, we, we, they, they fall into the same boat, although we may not talk about all of them by name, but these girls are just awesome off of the court. And, and so I think it, the way that, that they care about Georgia and the way that they care about the program is what shines through for their results. I'll, I'll tell you a quick recruiting story since we yeah. talked about that earlier. Kat, on her uh, official visit, you know, we were winding down the the visit, and we explained kind of everything that Georgia has to offer, and then she says, you know, this is all great and everything, but uh, what do I have to do in return? <laughs> like there was some catch to it, and, you know, we say you just come here and you, you work hard in school and, and you work hard for your teammates, but, I mean, I – it's something that you, you would hear less and less of these days in recruiting. It's somebody that's concerned about, you know, what they can do for the program more so than what you can do for them. Uh, that's incredible. So that's the kind of character that we're dealing with with these, with these girls. It makes our lives uh, much easier. And I can echo that from the fan standpoint, without ever, ever having met any of these girls – they're just so fun to watch, but also just easy to root for. Like it, they're just you're just just seeing from afar. They seem like they really enjoy being around each other. They cheer for each other. They all seem like great teammates, and they're obviously very talented on the court. But it's it makes it a lot. Look, I would root for anybody if you're wearing the G, but it makes it a lot easier when you <laughs> be as high character as this group is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fun group. Them. Yeah. So back to the big picture team look here for a minute, Coach. From your vantage point as associate head coach. What is the greatest strength of this 2021 team? And then what is maybe the area where the team still has the most room to improve moving forward? Hmm. I mean, I would say the the strength is that they play for each other. Um, obviously, we've got plenty of talent, but I think where we really shine is the way that we compete for each other. Um and the girls are, are totally bought into finding four points a day, whatever it takes. Um, and so I say that's the biggest thing is that we're a close team. Um, biggest challenges. I, I mean, I think that probably the biggest challenge for everybody these days is just, you know, making sure that we're all able to stay healthy in a, in a world where um, there's a pandemic going on. Uh, and I think that no matter how careful, you are obviously uh, things can happen, but I think uh, again, confident and and that these girls are doing the best they can to manage that as well. All right, thanks, Coach. And all right, Coach, I know you've got a lot on your plate right now, so just two more quick questions for you. First, sure. we always try our best here on the podcast to explain to fans why they need to come out to a tennis match, but I think it might maybe resonate a lot more coming from you. So for fans who have never been out to a Georgia tennis match before, give us your best pitch for why people need to come check out this team this spring. Well, first off, there's nothing better than a beautiful spring day in Athens, Georgia. But when you sit in uh, Dan McGill Tennis Complex or something 
just grand about being there. We've got, you know, now we've got some green space so you can bring the kids to hang out. Um, it's just a beautiful setting to, to spend a day. Um, and I would say it's hard to find a, a tennis fan that's only been to one match or, or a Georgia fan that's only been to one match. Usually once you come to one, uh, you kind of get hooked and keep coming back, kind of like you, uh, yeah. Tyler, with this. And it's uh, it's fun. And, and it's not just uh, – I'll speak for the men's team, too. they got a, a group of guys that competes hard. They're, they're fun to watch. Uh, Absolutely. You know, if you like Georgia sports and you like nice weather, come on out. You can't beat it. And the, the, the tennis complex is newly renovated. It looks fantastic. My wife loves the uh, – now that basically in the lower level, every every seat is, has got a seat back. She loves that. So yeah. it's fun. It's free. It's beautiful weather. Like you said, Athens, Georgia. I mean, come on, guys. You got to make it out. I'm telling you, like, I am case in point. If you come out, I think you're going to find it hard to not come back again to watch another match and then another and then another and another. But uh, all right, Coach, last question. And I just want to have some fun with this one, so don't hold this against me. We talked about a couple of other players on the team already, but I want to just at least quickly, as quickly as we can, talk about a few more. We're going to have a little fun here and go rapid fire just down the roster and just play a little word association. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a name, and you just give me the first word that comes to mind for each name. Does that make sense, All Coach? All right. All right. Let's do it. All right. Let's have a little fun with this. All right. Let's start here. Let's go with uh, Marta Gonzalez. Oh, uh, man. Uh, funny. Okay. Ariana Arsenault. Uh, Ariana. Man, this is tough. All right. It is. It's it's hard. It's way harder than it seems. Ariana. Um, all right, let's go. How about Meg Kowalski? Dog. That's exactly what I was thinking, actually. Uh, Anya Hurdle. Coffee. Okay. Uh, Elena Christopi. Really smart. Morgan Kopic. Uh, Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. Loud. Competitive. Very loud. So loud out there. Yeah. Uh, Katarina Jokic. Uh, tough. Allie Clayton. Uh, goofy. Goofy. Okay, I like that. And the last one, Jeff Wallace. Um, experienced. Ah, like definitely like that. I like that. All right, Coach, thanks for playing along there. I know they're kind of putting you on the spot with that one, but it's always fun to kind of do that. No, that was fun. That was fun. That's fun. All right, Coach. Well, that's all I have for you today. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you jumping on the show today. I know this is in season, so you've got a lot going on right now. But best of luck, not just this weekend, 1 o'clock Sunday against Tennessee as you open up SEC play, but best of luck the rest of the way. I appreciate it, Tyler. Thank you guys for, uh, for all you do for not just Georgia women's tennis, but dog fans everywhere. Oh, it's our pleasure. You know we love this stuff, Coach. We wouldn't have it any other way. But good luck this weekend, and hopefully we'll see you out there after a big Georgia victory over the Vols. Sounds good. Go all dogs. right, Coach. Take care. Go dogs. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.
You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, guys, that was Women's Tennis Associate Head Coach Drake Bernstein, who was gracious enough to come on and give us, what, about half an hour of his time? So really appreciate that. And as you can tell from that interview, Coach Bernstein is just like you, just like me. He's 100% a true, genuine Georgia guy. And as Coach Bernstein described in that interview, This Georgia women's tennis team is also just full of players who love the University of Georgia and give everything they've got for the G. So if you get a chance or if you're just looking for something to get out and do during the remnants of this pandemic, come out and support this team. Not only do they love playing for the G, they definitely do, but they're also really freaking good too. And they have a chance to do something special again this year. I I don't want to get ahead of myself. I really don't. Because we do have a long way to go. We definitely have a long way to go. But this team has all the pieces to make another run this season. I mean, North Carolina just won the National Indoor Championship. And three weeks ago, we pushed them to the absolute brink. Yeah, we lost that match 4-3. But it came down to a third set tiebreak in the deciding match. And we did that without fifth-year senior Marta Gonzalez, who's been a core player in our singles lineup for, what, three-plus years now. When we're healthy, I'm telling you guys, watch out. So get in on this team and this program right now, early in the season, so you can follow a legitimate national title contender all the way to the NCAA tournament. I promise you, it will help make the long football offseason, which is interminable. It'll help make that and the rest of this pandemic a lot more bearable. I'm telling you, it will. And And if you're not sure if tennis is your thing, that was me once upon a time. Trust me, it was. Just come out and give it a try. Give it a shot, and I bet you'll end up liking it a lot more than you think you might. This is coming from a a lifelong football guy, former football coach, who lives for Georgia football. But from the very first Georgia tennis match I came to, I was hooked, man. I absolutely was. I mean, it's Georgia. They're awesome. Both the men's and women's programs are blue blood programs. It's a very intimate setting. It's right in the heart of Athens. You're right there on the top on top of the action. It's free. It's exciting. It's dramatic. It's outside in the spring in Athens, Georgia. What's not to love about that? You also might get a Kirby Smart siding, a Jim Donnan siding. They're known to come to some of these matches as well. So if it's good enough for Coach Smart, good enough for Coach Donnan, come on, guys. Right, come on, check it out. And I know we just had Coach Bernstein from the women's tennis team on. 
But I do also want to give a quick shout out to the men's tennis team. They are also taking on Tennessee opening conference play at home this Friday at 2.30 p.m. And this is a massive match. Tennessee just beat two top five teams last week, and they've moved all the way up to number three in the rankings. Our guys are ranked number 12, and this will clearly be their biggest test to date. I know that number 12, there's nothing, that's nothing to scoff at, but I actually think our team is better than number 12. We'll see. I think we're better than that. And I I do, I think this men's team can also be a legitimate contender this season as well. I think we've been battling some COVID issues over the past week, but we're really strong at, at just about every singles court and a win over Tennessee would start conference play off in style. So come check that match out as well. I do want to make sure before we get out of here that everyone knows that this season, I can't remember if I mentioned this or not, but just to make sure we cover all of our bases here. This season with the pandemic, at least as of right now, I guess things could change, but as of right now, capacity has been limited to 275 fans. So they're letting in 275 people and it's first come, first serve. So just make sure to keep that in mind. And of course, if that changes, we will keep you updated here on this show. So give it a chance, guys. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Hope it's a a successful weekend for both the men and women's Georgia tennis programs. And we'll have it covered for you guys next week on the show. But thanks for listening, guys. Have a great weekend. And as always, go dogs.